Crossroads is a church for people journeying toward thriving faith in Jesus. We covenant to help people move people through our four objectives. By helping you, your neighbors, and friends discover Jesus by being a vibrant worshiping community that is a trusted presence in greater Baltimore. By making it simple to belong to our church family. By assisting you to identify your unique role to play in God's story and by offering support as you develop a personal faith that functions and serves in today's world. This is our mission. Together, we will help many people, including you and your family, flourish through life's crossroads. Well, hello and welcome to Through Life's Crossroads. We are back after taking some time off for the new year. And I'm here with Pastor Jake Roberts, our executive pastor. How are you doing, Jake? Doing pretty good today. My daughter just turned two. How exciting. That's it great. Is. Well, we have just finished up our, our first uh, series of the new year. It was on the Proverbs. And so I wanted to read a proverb for you that was on the cutting room floor that we didn't use in this series. All right. Okay. Um, I think a lot of people know a lot of Proverbs, but sometimes it's kind of fun what's in there that you that you don't talk about. So this is Proverbs 15, 17. You ready for this? Let's do it. Better a small serving of vegetables with love than a fattened calf with hatred. Okay. Does those veggies have ranch? It doesn't uh, specify. Okay. But that's, that's some real the... vegetable hatred in that text. Maybe in the message, they mention ranch. <laughs> Eugene Peterson seems like a ranch type of guy. So maybe ranch is the love. I find most vegetables to be really good if you roast them with a little salt and a little olive oil as well. So um, definitely some old world uh, hating on vegetables in that text. Yeah. <laughs> I, no Real no concept whatsoever of, uh, of vegans in this particular book of the Bible. Yeah, not really. Don't really hear much about vegans in scripture. Yeah, so so there you go. Uh, more wisdom from the Proverbs. Uh, although, I, I mean, I get the idea of the text is that it's better to eat something that is not the main part of the meal with people you love than it is to get a glorious plate with people who dislike you. Yeah, because you ain't going to enjoy that glorious plate with people that you have indifferences towards, but... You know, eating on some broccoli with people you love. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds nice. It's very rare that you have a, a meal that you remember as well. Do you have any any meals in your life that just stand out that you can still almost taste it? It was so good. Yes. Fogo de Chao. Fogo de Chao. The first time I ever went, I was celebrating a friend in ministry that was going back to school. And so we took him out for, he was a big meat eater. And I just remember it was really good. But then you don't know quite when to stop because yep. you're eating so much so fast. And then you get this weird thing, which is going to make everybody uncomfortable listening, called the meat sweats. Yeah, it's a fogo it's de disturbing. Thing. It's a yeah. physiological disturbing thing. Yeah, I um, I ate at Fogo de Chow right after moving here with uh, Pastor Jesse and Pastor Norm. Oh, there you we go. We brought a guy named uh, Mike Foley, who, who's a longtime, just wonderful member of the church. And his... Uh, his last wish before he died was to have have a day out with the guys. And so some different people who worked downtown met us and 
we went there for lunch and um I kept trying to turn over my thing saying I was done and Norm and Jesse kept turning, turning back, it back over so I kept getting slices <laughs> of meat on my plate. Um That's a good prank. Yeah, it was, but it was it was good. It yeah. was really good, but it was it was definitely past time to stop. Yeah. So, good choice. Well, hey, today, as we're starting this back up, we, we have just a few things we want to do. Um, we want to talk a little bit about what's coming up at Crossroads, uh, some ways that we're thinking about uh, um, getting going again when uh, when the pandemic allows us to meet together more fully. And then we also want to hear a little bit about what it is you would like to hear from this year. What are some topics that you're wondering about? And so let's start from the very beginning. Uh, we just finished talking about Proverbs. I think that series went really well. People yeah. seem to enjoy that. Yeah, it was really good. And, you know, the Proverbs kind of dictated what we talked about. So in the first week, we, you know, we had an election cycle that happened and very contentious. And it was on, you know, that following Sunday was just a few days after the storming of the Capitol. And being in the Baltimore area, we're really close to D.C. I don't know if a lot of our listeners that aren't familiar with Crossroads or unless you go here, but it's 25, 30 minutes down the road from us. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so that has a lot of ramifications for our area. You know, our national, our, our guard was sent there from Maryland. And, you know, that was a, as a pastor, you know, you're kind of on the edge of your seat. Like if you talk about it, people aren't going to be happy. If you don't talk about it, people aren't going to be happy. Yeah. And the challenge is um, to, to make it Christian and not partisan, right? Yeah. Like, um, I, I can't even begin to tell you how many people I love that have differing points of view from one another. And, and my my love and care for them as pastors is far more valuable to me sincerely than who wins an election. But at the same time, I, I do feel it's it's my role as pastor to always call us back to Jesus. What is Jesus doing? And we um, we get caught up in, in cultural wars. I mean, that's, yeah. that's language that's been used my whole life in the church. And I mean, I certainly understand Christians taking very seriously their Christian life, especially in times that it doesn't line up with um, how the world is working. But, but I think in in that particular time, it was, it was good to remember that like, we shouldn't get drunk on the times that we live in, that, that we should, that we should instead be uh, leaning into the call that, that Christ has on our life, which, which is often very different than the things that inflame passions in our world. True. And, you know, there's, when I think of like when pastors speak out about just different things that happen or just speak up to give like the church's perspective or to bring Christians back to the point of the cross, the communion table. That's a lot of what that message was about was coming back to drink from the cup of Christ. It, we don't speak on everything. There's lots of things that happen in the world that we don't speak on. But I think one of the reasons it was incredibly important that you know on social media and even in messages that pastors made some statements is well there there was some clear christian imagery used by those that stormed the capital you saw crosses you saw the christian flag you saw pictures of jesus you saw christian statements there was a prayer that happened right in the chambers and it's like well do we use christ to take things by force? Do we use Christ to get our way? Um, and your message kind of brought us to know, um, like these actions are a lot of like a drunkard. And that's where you kind of came to the proverb. Yeah. 
and you know sort of similarly not to just pile on that but also um uh the days before the new congress had taken place and there was a uh representative from kansas city who who actually i think represents really <laughs> close to where the seminary i went was who who prayed this sort of strange amen amen no. and a woman <laughs> yeah. at the end like it's these these things that are so sacred to us are meant to be sacred and not be used as tools yeah to make political points and so whether whether you're you're uh offering strange prayers to make some sort of social point or or using symbols to say that god is god is on my side of how i see things and yeah i mean frankly i i mean i'll be i'll be fully honest i i don't know who god's chosen candidate is in most any election it's um i i find that to be a pretty hard thing to discern for a number of reasons yeah but um but but claiming claiming that god has my perspective is a is a dangerous thing no matter what i think what's a much better idea is that uh, i as a christian want to know the heart and will of god and i act and vote and live out of that rather than claiming some sort of certainty that the way the way i see it even even if it is from mm -hmm. a christian perspective is is the way that christ sees it i think yeah. we need a little more humility than that i agree um so we talked about uh that and we talked about a couple of of more light things like marriage um and, and marriage can be heavy but uh not quite as heavy as getting into uh current events that are <laughs> yeah. that are on fire in people's minds and hearts yes and, uh it's just really really good to spend some time recalling again that that god doesn't uh give us a gift of marriage to be happy people but to practice the grand story of uh salvation and uh, God's relationship with us and how we're meant to be selfless in our marriage in order to to learn to love someone who is different than us and uh, and that we're recalling that this sort of posture of submission and forgiveness and love is the same same way that we're accepted into uh, the kingdom of God through Christ and uh, modeling that in our marriage. And then uh, the week before that, I talked about, what did I talk about the week before that? We talked about kind of hospitality, like overstaying your welcome. Yeah, we had the, the news um, out of California. We used like a news clip and it was a lady who was kind of a squatter, but stayed over at a friend's house. And there are certain laws in, in general that once someone stays like 30 days, you have to get a notice of expulsion of staying and there's rights. And so... You know, taking that to an extreme, like if you overstay your welcome, you know, the person's going to have some unwanted feelings towards you. And yeah, um, absolutely. you also talked about like, you know, often when people bother us with what they're going through, we we can sometimes feel bothered. But our reaction when we talk to other people is that they have to drop everything to listen to us and to kind of refocus ourselves on like, you know, we have this expectations of other people, but yet when it's flipped, we don't necessarily give our fullest to people that are needing something from us. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and I, I remember that, uh, trouble, troubling scripture. It troubles me so much. The sheep and the goats at yeah. the end of Matthew, uh, just the idea of the people who are in need around us may be appointments that God has given us to encounter Christ that, that we should be seeing the presence of Christ and the people who have needs around us. And, um, that's, that's a recentering text for me because yeah. I, I am, I am wound to be busy and to have an agenda and have places to be and things to do. So interruptions bother me. Um, <laughs> yeah, me but, too. 
but Je- Jesus seems to be reminding us that that sometimes the interruptions are, are holy moments where we can encounter the call in our life to be to be a Christian people for mm-hmm. others. So we've got a couple of series coming up that uh, we're looking forward to. The next three weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, just back to basic stuff. How do you become a Christian? What does it look like to make the step, the leap of faith from uh, from either knowing about Jesus or being a church attender or having had a faith when you were younger or having never had faith at all and being a skeptic? What do you do in order to become a Christian? What does that mean? Um, what are the steps to get there and uh, what are what are the benefits and the, the costs of doing such a thing? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. You know, we um, I think as our church has we've continued to do stuff online and in person, we've reached new demographics. Um, there's people who are watching that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm friends with in the community that don't necessarily have a faith story or have come to church, but they've started watching um, from different connections and so, um, you know, what does a next step look like for a person? You know, in the Church of Nazarene, we believe that God is calling at all times, at all places. We believe that the third person of the Trinity, the Spirit, is just, is at work, and the Spirit is active. And, yeah. So, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this series, because, you know, as people are also discipling and inviting others, I think we need a refresher that, you know, we came to Christ in a certain way, and some people may come to Christ in other ways, but often when we hear, you know, the good news of what Jesus has done and what this means for us and moving forward, it can reinvigorate our faith as well. Absolutely. So I'm excited for this. And and one of the reasons that I've chosen to do this at this point is some of the techniques that we've most commonly used at Crossroads, such as altar calls in response to a sermon and uh, baptism services have been have been canceled this year because of COVID. And so we, we've been asked not to have people crowding around each other and touching each other at an altar. And so we've tried to be really serious about that. And, but at the same time, we have a, um, a real sense that we want to see people take that first step to, as our vision say, discover Jesus, because Jesus is coming after us. Like you said, I mean, Jesus mm-hmm. wants to be in relationship with us. And so uh, I thought long and hard about how in the light of how churches had to exist for the last year, how is it that we can continue to invite people into into that first step in faith. But I also think like, it's, it's also important for us to remember. I think, um, I, I remember when I was in, um, advanced math classes in high school, I would be in some sort of trigonometry problem. I'd be three or four problems or three or four steps in. Yep. And I would get to the point where I had to do something like divide four into 12. And my brain was so in the sky, I couldn't come up with three. And so I'd put it in the calculator and feel like the biggest dope in the world. <laughs> but my mind was just connecting the issues of difficult, um, difficult uh, uh, pro- problems in math mm-hmm. that I, I couldn't do the easy ones because it felt like it was a different part of my brain that wasn't working at that moment. And, and so I, I wonder if we sometimes have the same thing in, in our Christian faith is that we get into more and more complex problems and we forget about the, 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 just the amazing grace that welcomed us in and the fo- reminding ourselves of the foundations of, of confessing and believing and, yeah. and taking a risk to follow Jesus can be really helpful for us when we've been a Christian for a while and are caught up in problems that, that are, that are difficult, but reminding what it is, what it means to be Christian and how, how we started, I think can be really helpful for us when we're a few steps down the road. I agree. Um, so 
well, my wife and I, we do CrossFit. And when you're doing different lifts, there's a sequence of things that you need to do in, able to, in order to put it together. And if you get your sequences out of order, you know, you'll lift improperly and you can hurt yourself. But like the more you lift and you continue to get things out of order, you'll, you're building improper habits. And then you're continually building new building blocks. And so if we neglect our proper first steps we can get down the road and have a faith that's very untethered. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of people, I think my age and our age that are really into um, just justice in our world today, people actually experiencing justice in whatever form that that looks like. But in the fight for justice, you look at some individuals and you're just like, I don't see Christ in what you're doing. I don't see the fruit of what is supposed to come from a life that's been transformed from Christ. I see anger, I see bitterness, and I can't help but think that it's because we become untethered. That like justice, you know, that's God's heart, that's God's mission. Like when we're saved, it's all about reconciliation, um, us with God and us with each other. Um, so justice is God's idea, but neglecting steps and in, in their proper order, um, yeah. It leaves you just kind of going each and every way. And, yeah, and then there's there's other folks in the opposite direction who accepted, accepted Jesus and started going to church. And all they wanted to do was go to Bible study and learn and learn and learn and get fed and get fed and get yep. fed and never do anything to make the world more the way that God has called it to be. Yeah. And so um, so, so it is interesting. I, I, don't, I don't think we're called to just be consumers in the church. And I don't think no. we're called to be... Um, angry fighters in the streets right and so like but there's almost got to be like a like a little taste of us in both those directions definitely and uh it's really hard to find that balance i don't know that i always find that balance but um but we are we are called to learn to love god and to live it out in a way that makes the world more like christ and and, and um it, it, a lot of people end up in one of those paths or the other Agreed. Which yeah. then leads us to the next series we're going to do up until Easter, where we're going to be talking about disciplines and ways in which to grow closer to God. And so those two sort of flow out of each other. The first is like first steps. And then the next is what do I do now? Now what? Yeah. And one of one of my real one of my real passions that came out of seminary, and I talked a little bit about this in this podcast, if you've been following through, is um, that when I when I was a kid, um, I heard pastors talk all the time about if you want to grow closer, you got to do your devotions. You got to have quiet prayer time. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I mean, like, that's absolutely right. Like, read your Bible, spend mm -hmm. time in prayer, all, all that sort of stuff. But I never heard of any disciplines other than that. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I was an ADHD extrovert. So the idea of spending 30 to 60 minutes a day in quiet, it was not an effective call on my life yeah and um and that's not to say that's not to say that that gives me a right to neglect that sort of stuff but i do like to open up the idea for people that there are lots of ways to draw near to god yeah and that um some things work better than that. some people are journalers and some people are uh mentors and some people are are givers of mm -hmm. time money energy um, and, and all of these are disciplines in the Christian life that draw us closer to God. And um, I think we've got to have a balance of all of them in our life to be balanced. But mm -hmm. there are definitely things that make us feel better, make us feel nearer to Christ. There are disciplines that are more natural, and that's good. But 
it's also good to spend some time thinking about the way in which other people are wound as well and yeah. trying to sharpen ourselves to get a little better in places that are a little less natural. Yeah. And, you know, we have the disciplines that's been a part of the church forever, like quiet time, um, prayer, fasting, breaking bread together. Um, but then there's also, there's a book, I, I think it's called The Sacred Ordinary. It's just the idea that, like, the ordinary tasks that we do can be formational and sacred when done with intention and intentionality. So one of the things that um, has always been for me is I don't really think there's any crazy thing about it, but just going on walks and it's in that time of, but being intentional about it. Um, but it's in that time of walking, even going to the gym for me, it's intentional for my physical health but i also find that those disciplines spill into other areas of my life and when i neglect the disciplines where i feel that you know where i feel like i connect more with god i see the rest of my life kind of get out of whack when those disciplines aren't there yeah that's great so we're uh this is just a couple things that are going on before easter which is now about uh three months away um, we're hoping that uh, come this summer, we'll start seeing some real momentum of things changing and uh, society kind of heading back towards normal where we can get out and get together. And so we're already thinking about prepping for that and being prepared for that season of yep. how are we going to be ready to go as crossroads. And so um, I just wanted to lay it out there for people who are listening. We have uh, two major objectives that we're working on behind the scenes, things that won't get talked about in service necessarily things that won't get explained uh in depth except in places like this and those objectives are that we're working to uh, clarify our processes we'll talk about what that means in a second and then also work to develop leaders specifically so that more people in our congregation feel a sense of ownership of the church and that there's not hierarchies of who uh who's on the in and who's on the out mm -hmm. but giving people lots of paths to be involved and and have their voice heard and and have their work matter within the congregation. And so we're going to try to make these as clear as possible as we get going, because we want this to be a church of ownership where the people in our congregation um, aren't just spectators, but this is their church. And we're trying to redefine our role as pastors really to, to certainly be the people who care and to preach the word for our people, but also are, are giving people an opportunity to really feel like this is their church, not a place that they attend, but one that they're building and have a say in. Mm -hmm. um, I think that really matters. And so first thing we're talking about is processes. And and if there's anything that I, I know since I've been here that, that I've tried to get my head around that this pause has really given us a chance to do is that it's not always clear when you visit or when you come what your next step is. And so we want to create a process that's that's mission and vision driven that gives people a sense of what their next step is, both to grow closer to Christ, but also to get connected to the church from first visit or birth all the way until moving or death. Mm -hmm. We want people to feel like they're moving, like they're taking next steps. And we want to clarify that. And so that's one of the things we're working on. Yeah. And I have a lot of like pastor friends that have some hesitation when you use this type of language of like leadership development and pipelines and pathways because they think of it as kind of like a shallow way, a businessy way of doing discipleship. But the thing is like when you get to a certain size as a church and you know, Crossroads is 
anywhere of a church of on our lowest weekends, a church of 550 on our highest weekends, 700 to 800. And so that church is needs to operate differently than a church that runs about 80. Mm-hmm. So um, I grew up in a really small church and loved it. I loved the experience of getting to know everybody. But like when you visited a small church, you know what to do. It was kind of hard to do it sometimes because the same people did everything. Um, sometimes it's hard to for newer people to come in. Very, very friendly, very, very welcoming. But sometimes it was hard if you didn't know the right people. And so when you come into a larger church, like our hope as pastors is to help whoever is watching or whoever is attending to help them just simply take a next step and to have clear defined what does that mean for someone. And so that's what I'm excited about that we're working on is how does someone move from being an attender to being connected? Because we know like if someone is attending Crossroads they don't feel connected. They ain't going to stay. And our hope is that people stay because we believe that Christian community is important. Yeah. We believe that church is important. And so this helps us fulfill the roles of getting people connected, making sure that whoever comes through our doors is seen, is heard, um, understands that like God sees them. And then it's helping us, you know, bring other people on that journey to do that same thing. Um, and we want to take the onus off the visitor to figure out how to connect yeah. and clarify what that is so that so that they could take the next step. But but then every time I talk about belonging as one of our values yeah. or visions, I, I do have people who have come for a while who say, I, I'm not sure how to belong here. Like, I want to belong. Everyone's nice. And, um, and so we're trying to develop things like um, uh, welcome to Crossroads, leadership training, kind of clear next yeah. steps for people who want to know more without without just jumping wholesale into membership or something like that, which we hope so. But yeah. but creating a process where we come to an understanding of where you fit and what your role is to play in God's story through this church. And um, we're trying right now, uh, as we lead back into opening up, to create clear pathways so that people aren't having to figure out this question on their own, but they're just shown or told on Sunday mornings or at the welcome desk. Well, this is what your next step is and trying to equip people and leaders throughout mm-hmm. our church to know what those are. So that there's not a question when the story of why you came here came up or how long you've been here, or if you feel like you're, you're stuck, we have a system of where to go next. Yeah. When you come to our church, wanting to get connected, shouldn't feel like a where's Waldo book. It should be clear. It should be well-defined and it should like, you should be able to take that step on your very first time. And so this is, you know, following up with first time visitors in an appropriate and timely fashion. It's making sure that small group leaders are equipped to be able to stay connected with different people. It's letting people even know what Crossroads is even about. Like we may have some people who attend here who don't know our theology, who don't even know what a church of the Nazarene is. And so to help them take steps to maybe do, do they want to become members Yeah, absolutely. or even if they don't want to move towards membership, but still move towards being connected. Well, we're certainly hoping that if, uh, 
if you're compelled in Next Steps already, that as we're opening, let us know if you're interested in helping or if you want to be a part of helping develop leaders or, or clarifying processes. Um, we're going to need all hands on deck because we're anticipating that uh, as people come back to church, that there's going to be great need, that people are going to be looking for connection again. Um, they're going to be needing good news and hope, and we're hoping that our church can find our niche in that. And so as things open up, we, we certainly need help of people who will be passionate with helping us tell the story of the gospel and also connecting people to crossroads. And so if you're interested in being helpful at all in that, I, I encourage you to reach out to Jake. His email is jakeroberts at crossroadsnaz.org. And if you're interested at all in getting plugged into one of our processes, he would love to connect with you. And um, as it is, he's uh, getting to know probably about a third of our church. And I, I keep telling him about all these wonderful people in our congregation that he hasn't met yet. And um, and that's not to, to shame anyone. But uh, as we start piecing together our next steps, we're going to need to know um, when it's safe to come back. Uh, it's It'd be good for him to, to get a, hey, how are you? Nice to meet you. Uh, from people who are going to want to be a part of that leadership development. Um, so that'd be a great way to connect with him. Um, finally, uh, as we wrap this up today, uh, we're wanting to know what you want to talk about. I uh, I feel some pressure as a person who uh, drives the content of this podcast and then also sermons that it, it not always be the Tim Brooks show. The things that I'm concerned with or interested in aren't always what everyone else is interested in. And so uh, as we think about plotting out podcasts for the year and having guests, um, we're wanting to know what you're thinking about. What are things that you want addressed? What are topics that we can find experts to think about? Are there um, books of the Bible that you'd like to learn more about? Are there uh, issues in society that you're needing help or would love to have help to think about? Um, one other thing I know is that uh, when we had Dr. Mark Allen on here to talk about uh, rationalizing both science and faith. We had a lot of people who really loved that episode. Mm -hmm. So we're planning on having him come back on. And I mean this with all sincerity. If you have any questions about science, um, we're going to have him on sometime soon. And we would like him to just answer questions. Yeah, it'd so it'd be that, fun to do a Q&A. And... So send us your questions. My email is timbrooks at crossroadsnaz.org. And uh, you can either comment on different platforms uh, for this episode of podcast. You can send me an email. Uh, you can write into our Facebook page, Crossroads Church of the Nazarene. Um, any way that you can communicate with us, reach out to us and let us know, what are you thinking about? What are people that we can, or, or we have an ac access to a ton of experts, both in our congregation, in our denomination, in the city. Um, we need to know what you're thinking about, what you would like to wrestle with, and we'll create an agenda that's not just based on what we're thinking about from the office here, but but really um, grassroots sort of stuff, trying to help as many people as possible think about the merging of faith in their life and what they're wrestling with. So write into us. Let us know what you're thinking about. Well, that's all we had for an agenda today, Pastor Jake. Yeah, I think we got through it. So we're looking forward to hearing from you. We mean it from the bottom of our heart. Reach out to us. Uh, let us know how, how you want to help the congregation or what it is you want to talk about in this podcast. And we'll continue trying to create a, um, a discipleship structure in this place that reaches out to you in your car or your home or your kitchen or running on the treadmill. Uh, we want to make discipleship ex accessible in a world that's distant. And this is one of our pathways to do that. Hope you have a great week. We look forward to uh, meeting you up again next week.
Thank you for joining us for Through Life's Crossroads. This has been a ministry of Crossroads Church with Pastor Jake and Pastor Tim. We encourage you to continue to engage with us online throughout the week on Facebook at Crossroads Church of the Nazarene and also on Instagram, Crossroads Naz Church. Thanks for joining us for this episode.